Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Honest to Pod with me, Ashley McAllister. And me, Matthew Alley. This is episode... Mm. 90. Nine zero. This is the finale of season three, and we have wine. We drank it. We are. I'm drunk already. I haven't even had any. Uh, so, I really want to be drunk. I'm drunk on love. Hmm. But yeah, I can't believe we've done ninety episodes. It does sound amazing. I feel like I may have only seen you ninety times in my life. Do you know what I mean? Ninety's a lot. We, I was thinking about this every day. I don't know why it doesn't make sense, but if we were doing this podcast and we've done it 90 times, mm. how many times have I seen in my life? It's got to be like, what, like more than a thousand now or something, maybe? Yeah. I mean, is there an answer that you, is, like, is there a bad answer? Well, no, of course <laughs> not a bad answer, but <laughs> I don't a... know why it astounds me. It's like, that's crazy because like when we're doing the podcast, especially at peak time, I might see you like three times in that week or whatever, yeah. three or four times. And I'm like, obviously we didn't see each other loads like when we first became friends kind of, do you know what I mean? But then there's like periods where you mm. like on and off and obviously you're away, but I don't know, like it's still a lot, hundreds of times, definitely. Like, I mean, we've been friends uh, probably eight or nine years now. No, not that long. Well, Ben and I broke up seven years and we were good friends before Ben and I broke up. Shit, really? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Ah, uh, even this year's flying by. Yeah. Outrageous. Yeah. So we've been friends for a good, I'd say, nine years. And we probably knew each other before that. But then I was too scared to talk to you because you intimidated me too much. That's quite interesting about one of the questions that we have from one of our guests, actually. I know. So you can ask. Um, I think we both know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I would say we've, a couple of thousand times I say we've seen each other because we used to see each other every Saturday for rugby and then training as well on top of that and then just social times as well mm-hmm. um, I'd say at least a good couple of thousand so over like the 90 episodes I guess there's questions what is it what's changed in terms of the podcast would you say how have you or we grown as a podcast as a podcast mm-hmm um, what I like about our podcast is I think it's, it grows quite organically. Um, I think if it was to grow quicker, I'd be overwhelmed. And there'd be a lot more pressure to, you know, what I, what I like about the podcast is, is we do what's comfortable for us. Um, and it seems to resonate well with our lovely listeners. Um, and it's one of the conversations, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but probably before this season started, like towards the end of last season. I'm sure I told you, but I was chatting to somebody who was sort of talking to the BBC. And one of the big concerns was like, if we become a BBC podcast, they would probably want to so much as sort of sway what we say because it's the BBC. Um, Are you saying this is a full on possibility? It wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't a full on possibility. It was, I had a couple of dates of a guy who was, knew somebody at the BBC and they're like, oh, we put you in this. And I was like, well, I don't want to go down this path or I don't want to even engage with this guy because I don't, well, first of all, there was no likelihood anything would positive would come out of it. But um, 
but also I don't like the idea of not being able to swear if I want to swear on my podcast or holding certain opinions or I don't know I just I didn't want to be caged in any way oh I don't know you have to find out about those things like I listen to a podcast called The Receipts and they do like a BBC one and I obviously don't know their backgrounds but it's quite similar to this where it's just about chatting about certain things mm. and they quite openly talk about sex and they talk about relationships and blah 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 and it's a lot of fun but yeah um well as we move into season four we should look to venture into new horizons video video we're doing video oh we are doing video oh yeah we have to yeah okay i think especially for our lovely patreons we could do like a video every two weeks or an idea I had was doing like an hour-long live chat. That'd be good. And just people can come and go as they please. Uh, join us for socials, Sunday socials or Saturday socials or whatever. Um, but yeah. What about you? What do you think is the big change in the podcast? <clears throat> I feel like we're a lot more comfortable Mm. it's a lot easier to talk and flow whereas sometimes you know like obviously we've done like nine episodes or whatever and there were times when it was really it, it wasn't it didn't necessarily flow as easy it didn't it wasn't the most um to me it wasn't the most seamless no thing so there were some episodes that maybe weren't as enjoyable as they could have been um you know for me they felt a bit more tense and i feel like that doesn't really happen so much anymore i feel like it's we're really starting to and i was actually listening to last week's podcast so the one that we did with Craig, and, Which and I, I, laughed. I loved. Yeah. It was such a good episode. It was. It was a really good episode, and there was a joke that we had about um, us, like we said something about Craig, and then we said, oh, we need to end the podcast, because the interview's ended, because he thought he was going to say something that I'm not at liberty to say, and then we both just kind of went like, <laughs> ah, at the same time, and I was like, oh, it's just like quite like, you know, we're quite in sync. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, you know, which has been like the best part about the podcast, anyway. And I think it's what makes it work. But um, it just reminded me, and I'd say even more so actually. Um, so it's just trying to leverage that as much as possible. I think maybe going forward. Yeah, I think um, another good thing about the podcast is, I mean, we were very good friends before, but I think the podcast has brought us together a lot more. Like we I have ha- to see you every week. You have to see me no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> and there's me begging to see you every week anyway. Um, but no, I just I do think it is like. Um, because like when we come up and record and it's like, well, do you want to play some games and we'll hang out a lot more. And, um, I, I like it. Uh, so yeah. Some. So we thought with this episode, we're not really talk about anything that necessarily happened in the news or events and stuff for our weeks. Although we may talk about weeks, although I feel like nothing has happened of any value. Um, but I made some, some questions and it's kind of like a little recap on like the year, the season a bit about where we're at as people and some of the things that we've done. So, and then um, we opened some up to some of our listeners on um, our Instagram and then we've got a couple of questions from there. Exciting. I mean, the big cliffhanger from last week was my date. How was your date? Well, he cancelled, didn't he? It was a Monday date, was it? It was a Monday date. Bitches be fakey, I'll tell you this now. Well, he cancelled... He was chatting to me in the day and he's like, yep, still on for it. And then, then at like at midday, he was like, <laughs> and I was like, bitch, I can see where this is going. Um, and then, yeah, he cancelled and it is what it is. I ended up going to the gym. 
Well, do you know what? That's a good thing because he wouldn't have went otherwise. Silver lining. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we actually rearranged and we had it last night instead. Oh, you had a date? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So we, we decided very last minute. He basically, he thought he had COVID. So he got a test. I mean, gays are so dramatic. Well, do you know, the only thing is, this, so like, especially like the work that I used to do, because I don't do it anymore, so I don't have a job. But it was all, and it's probably other industries as well, but it's very frowned upon to like call in sick and stuff. And if you did, like you had to, you know, like I broke my hand mm. and then went in and got home at like after one o'clock and then went in for like 6am with this massive cast on because I was like, oh, I need to go into work kind of thing. Yeah. And this hospitality, so like I'm serving like customers, like, you know, and you're not supposed to go in if you've got like a flu or like diarrhea or anything like that. But, mm. you know, we're pretty much pressured to go in. Yeah. You're not supposed to, but... You're not supposed to. You do. Yeah. But I feel like now, given this situation, I'll accept and allow myself and others to be like, okay, well, if I've got... A, any inkling that I might have mm. some illness, then you're like, okay, fine, just stay away from me. Yeah. That being said, they are dramatic. Yeah, well, he tested negative, so he was fine. And we decided to go for a drink last night. The bar we wanted to go to was fully booked, so we got a couple of tins and sat in a park. Was this in Soho? No, this was in <clears throat> sort of near Brixton. So it was, yeah, it was good. Nice Irish guy. Um, I will say that we are going to have a second date because I said we need to have a second one because I can't really judge this one right because my hand is literally crawling, crawling in ants. There's ants everywhere. How is that a judgment of a date? You sound like you don't want us to go. No, it was it was a joke I made. Let's oh. say like, yeah, this date was good, but I mean, I was covered in ants the whole time. So let's have a date where I'm not covered in ants because it would be better. Like if he takes you to like, maybe not a Mitchin style restaurant, but something that's like, I think they're called rosettes, rosettes or something. <laughs> I have no idea, but he better bring out the bag. Yeah. But yeah. So, Did you see him keen? Sorry? Did you see him keen to go on another date? Yeah, he's, asking, he's the one that asked me. Did you kiss? No, we didn't kiss. At all? Or if we kissed in the cheek. Oh my God. I'm not going to nosh his face off whenever, like, we're... He just had a COVID test. And it was negative. Yeah, but I might have COVID. You were COVID enough anyway, close enough, so... I've worse things than COVID. I it. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, so that was it. Um, It'll be so good. It'll be like the beginning of next season. We'll be like, I've got a boyfriend. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so let's let's talk about these questions. All right, then. So the first one I've written down is... is what has been a highlight for this year so far? And we won't talk about yesterday's date. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. I mean, it's been a fucking shocking year. Well, that's why I've wanted to put some of these questions. We do have some, like, home truths and stuff. but And it's not to, like, disregard what's happened so far. But mm. I feel like we can look at some positives or it's good to. And yeah. I wrote, it been, has been a highlight as opposed to the highlight because... You know, I can't remember too much. I can't even remember this fucking year, so I don't know what is, like, the best thing, and it's hard to rank. Well, yeah, what's in the highlight? Um, maybe it's because it's fresh in my mind, but this is a this is a big highlight, and you might give me some shitty eyes for it. But we've mentioned on the podcast before about somebody who I fell out with years ago. And as... That is a highlight? As fate would have it, Building bridges and realizing I'm a bigger person than I thought I was. was I... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that was cheap. 
That was a cheap joke. It was there. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, you know, in my, because you know, I, I probably said I'd never speak to this guy again. And then as fate would have it, I end up sitting two seats away from him in the cinema. Then it was one seat. Then it was on his lap. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was, that was quite, to sit and have that, sit and have a conversation and catch up with somebody that I never thought I would want to speak to again. It just shows how much I've grown as a person. And I thought, I know it's, maybe it's just too recent. That's the only thing I can think of. But I was thinking it's a highlight for me is a, a growth in my personality. I think that's fair. Like, and that's the thing about like grudges or like, you know, holding on to things because at some point, hopefully we want to be able to let things go. Even if they run quite deep or you'll always be like, I'll never do this again. Mm. And I try my best not to be like, oh, I'll never do this. I know mm. uh, this will never happen again. You're thing. more grounded than I am. I'm very... For sure. Yeah, you're like, well, just think about this. And I'm like, no, nothing to think about. This is dead. Yeah. <laughs> then I have to backpedal and find a way to justify how I'm still right. But let, <laughs> let somebody else win. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um, I would say like a highlight for this year for me is... Although we met just like three days before the year, um, I guess my relationship with Ed... So we met on like the 27th of December yeah. and then everything else has been this kind of year. But then like we kind of had like ups and downs and we, you know, still are and blah, 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 mm. relationship. But I was, it was funny. I was my head. I was like, if you do not see your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Could weird, you well. imagine? No, no, it's definitely me. I'd be like that thing I did, that chicken I had. Just, no. Um, <laughs> but when I like, it was nice because I, I'd planned like to not be in a relationship because I'd had a good two years of mm. being like single. It's been really enjoyable. I've learned so much about myself. Mm. I didn't have the capacity at the time to allow someone in my life so deeply. Mm. And then we both, at the time when we first met, and myself, you know, I would say like, you know, we were saying we're not going to be in a relationship, but I just couldn't help it because of how I felt. Mm. And I think that's a good thing because it's like, you know, it wasn't like I'm looking for something. It just came because it felt like it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and no, it's been wonderful, you know. And I think one thing that I'm starting to realise, even though, you know, my last relationship didn't work out, I guess, in terms of that respect, the kind of people that I'm looking for and going for ones that add something to my life and are also really enjoyable to be around. Mm. To the point where, like, even, to, you know, I, I still have a relationship with my ex-boyfriend. I don't even call him my ex. He's just one of my best friends, mm. you know, because of that. And it's nice to have people around that are really fun to be around that are really caring and also allow me to be who I am, which is, you know, quite difficult to be, even though I feel like I'm, I've grown a lot and I'm quite grounded and stuff. I'm also very difficult in many ways as well, you know? Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So I'd say Ed. Um, being in a relationship with Ed has been, been a highlight of this year. Do you know what's funny about your relationship with Ed? What's funny about my relationship with Ed? <laughs> is that I knew you would get in a relationship with him before you did. That's not true. No, it 100% was. Tell me how. I'll tell you why. Because when you came back and told me about how you met and you met this guy, and just, you were chatting about him a lot more than somebody that you wanted to be casual with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously, in the before BE, before Ed, there was um other people who you'd, you know, you'd meet, and you just never chatted about them the same way. And I was like, you like this guy different than you like the other ones. A hundred percent, because it wasn't like an effort. It wasn't... With the other people that I was seeing when I was like going through like my fun phase or whatever, it wasn't an effort to not be in a relationship. 
and not just I don't and it's so difficult so I don't want to discredit anything that we had or anything like that I just think each relationship serves its purpose in a way a reason and a season and this one was just a bit different but I, I remember just being it's, it's tough you know you know when you meet someone you're just really into it mm. and you know it, it's not annoyingly where you're talking about someone relatively often isn't it but mm. also not annoying hopefully for like some of your close friends because you can see how much energy you know like I sort of brought into it or something and yeah so fair enough I didn't mm. see it I guess I was trying my best to be like no I can still be casual and yeah. I said to him at one point listen I can't I can't do it no yeah I remember yeah it was all drama innit it was all the drama all drums but yeah <laughs> so then in like opposition to that what has been the biggest challenge uh, I mean I think it's an obvious one but I would say COVID and isolation of my family like it it pushed my relationship with my mum to the max. But we survived. Like, we had loads of arguments. Um, we've had worse arguments than we've had during COVID. But, yeah, 100%. That was tough. And just where it put me mentally as well. Like, I struggled a lot. Um, I was very lonely. Uh, it also was a time where I would say, not that I think you should, or maybe I should, but it really helped me understand friendships in a different way because I think it says a lot about a friendship that you don't have to nurture too much, but you can still pick up every, you know, for example, some of the friends I spoke to very little <clears throat> during lockdown, but you know, we meet up now it's over and it's like nothing's changed. Um, while you have other friends that are so needy and they just need, you know, they, it's sort of like they're going through a bad time. And they need your support, which is fine, but they don't also realize that other people are equally going through bad times and they don't care. So I was just, I don't know, it was very, it was a very tough, tough time for me. And I think I've, I reached a point that was the lowest I've ever been. Even recently, that's why you were here. Like it's recently you're saying. During lockdown, yeah. But it was while you are in London or the transition from Ireland to London. Yeah. As in it was relatively recently. yeah. Mm. COVID was tough and I know it's, we're not out of the water yet and things are keep keep happening but as much as I love being at home I feel better mentally being back in London back in a routine being able to go to the office and work um, I miss my mom, I miss my family and I miss all my friends in Ireland but I, I don't know I, I was so glad to get away as well so yeah because I think like it's so difficult with like lockdown and stuff because <clears throat> like I think it's right about the friendships um, I had even said a situation because we've, we've spoken about friendship and stuff before and about not having people in your life that necessarily take away from you but add to your life mm. and I was in a situation even at the end of last year actually right around the time that I met Ed actually um, and this is a friendship only but someone that um, I enjoyed sort of being around to a certain extent um, wanted to reignite a friendship that was like not really had from a long time ago and then I witnessed the signs this was a good example actually I witnessed the signs really early on no, no, no. Why do you always say that name? <laughs> you and McCabe's meeting him. Many people do. And I'd be like, that bitch will cancel. No, I would, I would. No, it's not that bad. But it's actually his best friend. Um, who they're not really. Anyway, it's a long story. I'll tell you about it. Um, but it's one of those situations where I recognise the signs where it was just a bit like takey-takey kind of thing. Mm. And it was sort of like, he was like, oh, let's do something. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm free these days. And he's like, oh, I can't do anything like this. Oh, I can't do that or I cancel. And then within a minute, he wants me to like drop 
what I'm doing. Like, mm. oh, can you meet tomorrow? And then people message me, like, oh, we've not spoken in a while. And it's like, because I've not messaged you kind of thing. And, mm. you know, it's just all very takey. And I was like, I hate when people message you, be like, oh, hey, strangers. Like, uh, excuse me. This takes two to tango, yeah, bitch. Yeah, it takes two to tango. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm sorry, did I miss all the messages you sent me in that time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Um, I feel like you are, in terms of the most recent thing, out of the woods, in terms of your being in like a low place or a dark place. Like, Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I am. I am. I mean, there's still moments, um, but it's, it, it doesn't weigh on my, it doesn't weigh on me as much. And it, it, because I'm back in London and I'm busy and I'm meeting people and seeing friends, I have very little time to sit by myself and focus on bad things. Um, whilst during isolation and, you know, as much as we did a lot of stuff with my family, there's just times there where I just like finish work, go up to my room and sit by myself and cry. Yeah. It was just tough times. But yeah. I was thinking about, cause I remember at the beginning of lockdown and stuff and quarantine, um, I had a couple of weeks that were really, really tough, but there's actually something that is, cause it's still quite current now, which is the biggest challenge for this year is actually, um, I don't think I've spoken too much about it on the podcast, to be fair, but it's the relationship with my brother. Um, I don't, I don't think you have, actually, no. No, which is quite bizarre, I guess, because I spoke, about everything. Yeah, we spoke about it. Yeah, and everyone often, knows yeah. it's, like, the most difficult thing. So, like, it's actually... Our relationship is probably the worst it's ever been. Ever. And we've had some difficult times but at the moment, and it all came to a head, really. Um, we've had a fractured relationship, I would say, for, like, the past, like, three or four years, to be fair. Maybe a bit shorter than that. And then um, when all the Black Lives Matter stuff happened, that kind of just divided us completely because we were, so, we have, the reason why we've been getting further and further apart is because we just view the world fundamentally differently. Mm. Like our values are just polar opposites, but our behaviours, in my belief, are the same. Um, and where you say that I'm quite grounded, which I think I've grown up so much in the past couple of years as a person and my ability to, um, I don't know, keep focus and not be emotionally charged, but finally be open as, as a person. Um, there's like two areas in my life that I'm just, I revert back to being like emotional, stubborn, you know, like the, the most difficult, primitive, like basic version of myself. Mm. Um, and that's one of them, my relationship with him. Like you just, you know, like something that's, and it's family, isn't it? Like it just, it gets you before anything else does. Mm. Um, and, and that's what happens now, you know, and, um, you know, we haven't spoken for months and before we, we even when we had like issues we would text every now and again or do something but we literally just not i mean not even a word um and i go home and i speak to my mom and then um she'll be like our middleman i'll be like mm. oh so how's chris and then she'll be like oh chris Dennis, and he was asking after you kind of thing but we won't talk to each other yeah um it's tough because it puts your mom in a bad position first of all because she's in the middle and i think your mom is clearly handled it very well um yeah because normally she gets involved in that shit which is good that she and she should not She's like, you two are grown-ass guys. Figure mm. it out. Um, it is sad. I mean, I always imagine if I ever had a twin, it would be my best friend. Four evs. Um, and I, I like, I mean, I've met Chris quite a few times. And I really like him. I mean, I've not met him in years. But, um, mm. yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. Well, that's the thing that I think I find most difficult. So, I mean, there's a whole story about the way that I pushed away my family when I came out and decided I wanted to be independent. And I think for mostly valid reasons, but maybe the execution wasn't so successful. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of gay, I definitely did that as well. I, yeah. I put a wedge between my family just because you don't know. And 
yeah, you, I mean, yeah, it's a sort of it's an experience that nobody, anyone who's not gay will never understand. Um, well, maybe not gay because obviously there's like a whole like just queer in general. We might say or any, any anyone that doesn't have to come out or has a difference with their family. Yeah, because, anyone who's straight will never yeah, understand. I don't think so. Whereas that might be one of the areas that we might disagree because I'm saying like coming out is one of the most challenging things because you feel like you hold it in such a long time, mm. and then you know he may. I'll be like, well, there's no way you can understand him. He'd be like, you can't speak to everyone. But anyway, that's not, we don't get into like, but I always had an idea about a relationship. And I used to say quite strongly that regardless of what happens, having a twin brother, especially because we were so close, that I'll, that relationship will always be really important to me. Mm. Whereas <clears throat> I would say like, for the most part, he's actively pushed it away, even before all of this drama. And then at one point he was like, you know, I realised what you've been saying all of these years about the fact that our relationship is actually quite special. And it is. You don't mm. get many twins, really, that you know, mm. that especially that that um, intimate and stuff. Just top um, off the wine here. One of the things that I'm finding really difficult, I guess, is with lockdown, um, I don't want to take... I lost, I would say, 10 years. Not 10 years. Eight years of a good relationship with my mum. And I'm not willing to sacrifice that again. What do you mean in lockdown you lost the relationship with your mum? No, when I... When I came out and everything was so bad. Oh, you had a, yeah, fractured and I pushed, relationship. Yeah. You know, I, I would say that I lost eight years of understanding and appreciating my mum. Yep. So now our relationship is in the opposite, stronger than it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, she still surprises me to this day because I went home with my nails polished the day for the first time. Oh, yeah. And I was quite nervous about that. Because you were, you. You were, yeah, you were. It was actually, yeah. you know, but I was like, I need to do this. It's important to me because, you know, I've got my nails done and, they, you know, it's quite new for them. And then she made a little bit of a deal of it, which I expected. Then, say? oh, fuck off with your nails. I can't believe you got them. She's like, fuck off. Just like that. And then, you know, people in the house are like, have you seen Matthew's nails? Have you seen Matthew's nails? And I was like, yeah, look at them. They're so nice. And I told her how much it cost, which is like, she's like, oh my God, no. My little brother's girlfriend does nails. Mm. And she's like, you should have went to um, her to get them done. Oh. Then she called me the next day and she's yeah. like, I spoke to Tan. She said, next time you need to get them done, go and get them done from her. And like, I just couldn't believe that she was like, not only did she deal with her initial feelings of me having these nails but to then say oh I know we can get them done mm. for cheaper and so almost like expect that it will happen again yeah and in my head that that is a form of acceptance of course it is it just like it, it made me want to be like oh my god I love you so much you know like that yeah. is that is special but it's and for her though because like you know she's 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 been a certain way for such a long time. Mm. And she's looking so much to change as a person. Mm. I, I was going to put her as a highlight, but I said it before about my relationship with her, so I'm not going to use that as the highlight as well. Mm. But I'm so thankful to her relationship. So then that makes me, it makes it really hard for me, but I'm so stubborn right now. I, I'm not mentally prepared. Because of how everything's been happening, I'm only keeping my head above water in terms of my feelings. Mm. I'm not mentally prepared to be able to deal with whatever backlash I'm expecting, which may mm. not happen, but I tend to like project with my brother, so I'm I'm wasting this time. But I'm trying to I'm trying to get ready, you know, to do it, to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how to. But that's for another podcast, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's season four. Mm. Um, there's something funny you said there. Um, I remember. I remember in our work back before I moved back here in Ireland, the conversation of because we worked in market research and we uh, we have to profile people who take questions, so. The conversation came up because obviously certain advert for example an, an advertiser might want to target f females who buy panty liners i don't know something like that i don't know but that's the top you know so we our client would be somebody who makes panty liners they want to 
do market research into their customer. Um, and it was around about the time where obviously there was a massive push in sort of being gender fluid and the the set question of are you a male or female came into question because it's a it's a standard profiling question mm. age income <clears throat> location it's a standard and my boss didn't want my boss my 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 boss who like I love him like he's absolute gem he didn't know I mean I think he asked this question out loud so I would hear to get my opinion on it um, and somebody else in the office answered and was. They gave a most ridiculous answer. And then my boss was like, oh, I don't know. Does anybody else think any differently? <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, with the greatest respect, person who gave the outrageous answer, you have no idea what it's like because you've never experienced it. What was the question? Uh, oh, you know, I can't even... The question was about should we include rather not say or whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> and the guy gave a, a crazy answer. Um, and I, I was like, well, excuse me, but you, you, it's very hard for you to understand what it takes for people, you know, to go through what they do to get to the point of saying what their gender identity, what their be. gender identity might that be. doesn't fit into one of those things. Yeah. Assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he, and he was like, well, I don't know. I, I disagree. I mean, I totally empathize with everyone. And I was like, mm. and it remind me what you said about your brother, like, you know, you, you'll have a certain experience that he can never relate to. Um, and I said, you can empathize and you can understand it. But like, I've never broken my arm, but I know breaking your arm is sore. But how sore, I'll never know until I do it. So And not just sore, you'll never know what it's like to deal with a broken arm because you've got a cast on and now you've got to lift things. Yeah. You know, all of these other things that just come with, you know. Yeah. So it was like a, it was a lesson to them to say, don't just assume you know the answer because you understand it. You've never experienced it. And it's a very different experience. Mm. So another highlight of this year I might just throw in is my beard. Mm. Mm. Your beard. It does suit you. It doesn't look trim today though, no? Well, it's not getting trimmed for another week. I only trim it every two weeks. That's a week's growth. Yes. Oh shit. I know. Okay. Is there anything that you've learned about yourself that you are proud of? I can grow a beard. I don't you think knew my, you could do that, though. I don't think my beard got enough attention in that last question. Um, I'd like you to be serious. <laughs> What's the question again? Is there anything that you've learned about yourself that you're proud of? I've learned about myself that I'm proud of. Do you have an answer in your head for this for me? I do. I mean, not for you, not for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, shit. <laughs> Go you first, because I have no idea. So one of the things that I've always struggled with or felt like I have, and especially when I started therapy, was my um, resilience levels. I felt like I wasn't very strong-willed when it came to anything that was adverse, right? Mm. Um, one of the reasons why my job and career has worked out how it is is because when I initially had dreams of what I wanted to do, I wasn't able to deal with the negative reactions or rejections that came. Mm-hmm. This year, having like, you know, knew I was going to lose my job anyway, but going through um, not being able to work, uh, not having any given structure, which I'm so used to working and stuff like that, not having the exercise or gym to go to or food um, routines and stuff. I was able to, I felt comfortable, obviously with ups and downs, um, to create. I feel like over this time of lockdown, and it helps that my friends have said, I'm still amazed that you're able to keep the routine that you have. I've been quite s- dealt with some of my downs, not by 
staying in the bed until 11 o'clock and playing computer all day, which I would love, absolutely love to do. But there was a point where, okay, it was getting to one o'clock and I was still playing computer games. I just stopped that immediately, mm. said it does, it's not after 11, I can't do it before four. And I've been pretty, even in my down moments, bouncing back as quicker than I would expect for myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel, you know, touch words, that I'm dealing with things as well as I possibly can, given the situation and what's happening in my life, because... I think, as well as everyone, not just myself, of course, but there's, with everything that's happening in the world and to people personally, I could well easily succumb to it mm. and, you know, go into a hole. There's been a couple of days where I was like, all I want to do is just go to bed. And I've texted, you know, someone says, you know, I'm having a really bad day. All I want to do is just crawl in a ball and go to bed. Mm. So I'd get up and I would just, one thing I like to do is clean and cook if I feel really bad because they're quite structured. Mm. And I'll go and do that. Instead of going to bed, mm. you know, things like that. So one thing I've learned about myself is that I'm much more resilient than I expected from myself. And I can drive myself forward more than I expected. Mm. So I'm really happy about that. And I'm excited to be able to use some of those skills going forward. That's good. Oh. Um, I should have really read these questions better than I did to be prepared. I mean, I did write them and I had um, some of them in myself in mind. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I would say a skill that... What's the question again? What have you learnt about yourself that you're proud of? What I've learnt about myself that I'm proud of... I would say... I don't know. It's a tough one. I would say I've discovered that I am very much a selected... A selective people person. This is what you're proud of? Uh, well, I mean, I'm proud that I'm a people person. The selective bit is maybe not too <laughs> proud of. But... um. <laughs> I just look at, I was thinking just about a relationship I've built over the last six months with somebody who I've never met. We just chat online. And I just, I, I just like that there's an extension that people feel comfortable chatting to me about private issues that nobody else in the world knows. Um... And I chat to this person pretty much every week, sometimes two times a week. And it's, yeah, I just, I love that people can confide in me. Um, And yeah, I like, I like helping people. I realized that. Um, So some of the things I want to like, some of my personal growth this year, it's been tough because with COVID places have been shut, but I want to do a mental, uh, fuck, I can't even remember the name of it, but basically mental health first aider. I want to become a mental health first aider. Um, you know, because I, in, the, in my history in the last four or five years, I've known quite a few people who've tried to kill themselves. My brother mainly is probably the more important one that stays in my mind. And I remember just fit, sitting in that moment where I realized that my, my, well, when I was told my brother tried to kill himself that I felt so helpless. And I felt ashamed that I could, even though there's probably nothing I could have done, um, well, there might have been, but at the time there wasn't. And I was just like, I feel utterly useless that my little brother, my baby brother was in a place of torment and I could do nothing to help him or offer him any support. And I got angry at him. I got angry at me. I got angry at everyone. But that was probably what started me down a path of wanting to help people a lot more. Because, um, I mean, it co- coincides with like a big movement. I think in the world anyway, but 
like where people are pushing men to open up a lot more and I 100% 100% agree with that um, I'm, a, I'm a couple of male groups on Facebook which talk about like men's rights and men's mental health and it's all about encouraging men to open up and there's one group which has actually started in the UK but it was quite scary like during lockdown there's these people who were struggling and they'd write into this group you know something very like guys I've had enough tonight's the night I'm going to you know and you just sit there and you, you 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 see these amazing guys jump in and offer support and it just it over it overwhelms me that people are like that because in my head I sometimes still think of this toxic masculinity that exists and this is a group and that, this is a really positive experience and I think part of being part of that group um, and my own experiences and the one my my relationships I've built is like it's okay to like chat to people and if I can be a shoulder that people can chat to then makes me happy because I, I think I'm a good listener I think there's I just not to discredit what you're saying I guess I think mm-hmm. and this is not just you because I credit myself with the same thing I think I'm a good listener I think one of the the areas you're is, brilliant thank you um, is you're much better than me well I think I think in another life I could have been like a, an incredible like therapist or psychologist and really understand human behaviour you could still be in this life Matt I don't want to be okay to be fair in another life <laughs> yeah yeah I don't want to be but like yeah. if I, but um I think there's an element that I've seen in people is to like almost like you know you know we say you feel helpless mm. is to want to do something about the way that someone's feeling mm. and sometimes that's not always the best option because you know my belief especially and I can only speak my own experience is sometimes it just really needs the reason why someone would have written that on the Facebook is because they just need to get it out yeah and they need that reassurance but they don't need to be told what they should or should not be doing for example no. yeah um but no I agree what you're saying um and I always think that you've always got. You remind me of my mum, though, to be fair, because, like, her intentions are always, always um, benevolent. They're always really well-intended. Mm. They just come across really strongly. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the only thing. And it's taken me a while to understand it about my mum, for sure. But, um, yeah. It's good that you want to be able to help others, you know. Uh, yeah. Sure. I can. I, I think I, I would agree with that. I have very good intentions, but I sometimes execute them in a very maybe too direct way or um yeah i got a really good compliment the other day from um they said that they thought i was one of the most laid back relaxed people that they knew they don't know you and i said (laughs) i was like i was like bitch what and they're like yeah I mean it and I'm like no you're joking because and then I looked at somebody else in the room and I was like I can't I can't decipher what they're saying is this a trick <laughs> and they're like he and he was like I'm being genuine I said I know there's a pretense and that you, you have this facade and you you go on but very little can when it comes to things you can boil down to the essentials very quickly and you you never lose your cool and I, I said, well, I can get that. I mean, there's certain people I do lose my cool in front of, and you probably see a very different, because like, I'm very open with you than a lot of other people. Um, I'm, there's probably like a very small group that, in fact, you're probably like one of the few people that I am very open about with everything. Well, it surprised me because I meant to mention on the podcast last time because I wanted to commend you, but we were out for dinner a couple of weeks ago and then you just wanted to sort out your food in terms of like having a gluten-free meal. Yeah. And everyone pounced on you as if like you were about to murder someone. And I'm like, Leave the bitch alone. Like, this is really important. He needs to be able to eat food. He needs to ask a simple question, you know. And then, um, 
my expectation of you, I guess, maybe because um, you feel more comfortable around me, and not that you jump down my throat or anything, but I expect a response in certain situations. Yeah. And I guess that's a, almost a version. And that's where I want to as well be. I want to be able to be myself and you feel comfortable to at least yeah. say it. Um, but there you did. You were like, you know, maybe a little comment, whatever. It was a little joke kind of thing. But, you know, you were able to move on from it as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm so used to that. Like, it's funny, that came up the other day, actually. I met, um, I met McCabe for coffee and he brought that up. And I was like, yeah, because it's funny if Matt, Matt was shocked that a lot of people seem to, and he goes to die, and I'm like, I think everyone sort of made a joke or laughed or something, but there's definitely a few people around the table who... I never said anything. No. Well, except for you. Um, but there's definitely a few more people around the table who made a comment that was maybe unnecessary. Not like it was a bad thing, it's just, it's a joke I've been hearing for about seven or eight years now, and I'm a bit over it. Um, but yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Next question. So this is from one of our um, followers on Instagram. And he's from Ireland, so maybe you know him, Brendan Hughes, 64. Anyway, you follow him. Um, And he asked us a question, and he said, Nintendo, Sega, Sony, or Microsoft? I imagine you're saying, which do you prefer? Which would you choose? Right, well... (sighs) Was it Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, Sega? Sega? That's a weird one. Sega's not even about anymore. So Sega's on... I think Nintendo bought Sega. Oh, I guess, yeah... Sonic comes up in a lot of shit, didn't he? Mm. Um, growing up, I had a Sega. I wanted a Nintendo so badly, but my sister wanted a Sega, and we got Sega. Um, not that I really played a lot of games growing up. Now I'm all about Nintendo. I worked for Nintendo. Uh, I worked past tense for Nintendo, and it was one. Of, it was my first ever real job, like career job, and it was. I loved it. I, I just they're difficult clients, but yeah, it was great. And now I have a I have a switch which I love. I don't know. It's a tough one. I'm the type of person where I don't buy into a console. I buy into a game. Mm-hmm. So I'm also the type of person who would spend ridiculous amount of money to play that game. So for for example, if I was locked down without a PlayStation, I think my brother has a PlayStation. PlayStation Four, I definitely would have bought a PlayStation Four to solely play Red Dead Redemption 4. Is it not on Xbox? I don't know. But that's what my brother would have had it. And then I would also then buy, because then another one of my friends has an Xbox and has FIFA or something on it, or maybe Grand Theft Auto. They're so different games. Well, I know, but I can't remember what it was. (laughs) Um, I thought, well, I would definitely then buy an Xbox to play that game with that person. So it's it's more about the experience with regards to tech, I don't give a fuck as long as I enjoy the game. At the minute, I'm all about Nintendo Switch. Well, that's always difficult because with like Sony PlayStation or Microsoft, like Xbox, I think they're pretty much to me that the same console and that the same. Are you not drinking your wine? Yes. Okay. I say down because you weren't drinking. They're the same. Okay. Um, but I'm Nintendo for life. So where you wanted to have Nintendo? We had consoles since I was like, honestly, since I can remember, mm. like being alive, honestly. Um, and what's so funny is that we grew up really poor, I would say. Um, because single mom, four kids, all within five years, we didn't really have much at all. But one thing we always had was the most up-to-date console. And I guess it's easy maybe her, because she'd be like, if I just get this, then all four of them will shut the fuck up, innit? And just, yeah. like, be entertained or whatever. Boys as well, like, it's easy to buy for boys. 
console, Done. there you go. Yeah, the latest FIFA, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, back then it was Street Fighter. Um, so we were massive in the Street Fighter. But yeah, I had like big block Nintendo, the NES, Super NES, N64. Um, got a Sega Dreamcast, which was like out back then. Mm. Um, but yeah, N64 was the console. That was the one. So I'd definitely say Nintendo for sure. Because I'm not really loyal towards Xbox or PlayStation because to me they're the same. I don't choose one, especially when we used to play games with each other. Mm. We were going to play FIFA and stuff. Whatever our friends had or we all agreed yeah. to get, we would just get. But I don't know the difference between... I mean, I think they're much of a muchness, aren't they? I don't know. I think they are. I, I, I always liked... I, I always liked Xbox because I liked the way the control PlayStation's controls seem a bit rigid. Xbox seemed a bit more rounded and fit in your palm better. So when I was playing like Call of Duty, it was always on Xbox, and I just felt if I'm going to spend hours playing a game, I'll well use a console handle that felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't play that many games anymore except for Animal Crossing, which I play like 16 hours a day on. Um, so what is the best thing you've watched? or seen this year and I put TV or film because you like film I like TV yeah um, again quite recently I watched all Lord of the Rings on in the cinema Honestly. extended edition it was phenomenal that was that was easily one I mean it's my favourite film and to see it to see it in the big screen in the extended version was just amazing like, so that's easily up there I'd probably say in the low key it was Shit's Creek. I was gonna say that. Yeah, Shit's Creek finale. I think I watched all of the rest of Shit's Creek last year, but Shit's Creek finale came out just probably at the start of Isolation, I think. And that that was to me easily one of the best shows. And Tiger King, Tiger King, a uh, Carl Baskin. I don't know. It's there's actually quite a few, but also what I really loved as well during lockdown, which is really shit. But um, mom and I started watching old school X Files. Do you know what are? Yeah, of course no, I do. I don't know. You're... Gene Anderson and David Duchovny. Yeah. Um, did you see the trailer for the... You don't watch The Crown, have you? No. No. Well, season 4 of The Trailer. Season 4 of The Crown. Trailer got released yesterday. You're saying Gene Anderson's in it? She's going to play Margaret Thatcher. She's going to be incredible. She is going to be phenomenal. <gasps> uh, she is the male sheep of TV. She's got to be in it. I love Gillian Anderson. She's actually incredible. She is incredible. Um, I would say Olivia Coleman is probably the Meryl Streep of TV. It's true. I just said it because yeah, but Gillian Anderson is a different Meryl Streep of TV. She's good. Yeah, maybe more like um, Sandra Bullock because she's a bit more funny that way, but can do serious. I'm sure Olivia Coleman can as well. She started off comedy. I can't believe she got so. I can't believe she got so serious acting. Like yeah, I mean, I can't believe when I look at Olivia Coleman and I love her. She won Oscar, babe. Mad. She's so good. Well, I'm not seeing her in the crown, but it wasn't supposed to be good. She's supposed to be good, but the season's not supposed to be good. I would say the problem with the newest season of The Crown with with Oliver Coleman is with season one and two, it was a new show with new cast and Claire Foy was phenomenal as Queen Elizabeth. Um, And I can't remember the name. The actress who played her sister was phenomenal. And even... The guy who wasn't Doctor Who but played Matt Smith. Yeah, Matt Smith, yeah, who played um, Prince Philip or Duke Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. He was really good, and then just to, you sort of fall in love with that show, and then it all switches up. And it's not to say the cat Helen Bonacarter is phenomenal, David Coleman's phenomenal. It just it just jarred because 
you're so used to Claire Foy and all of a sudden you're watching Olivia Coleman and she was doing an amazing performance, but I just seen Elizabeth, Olivia Coleman playing Elizabeth. Well, Claire Foy was Elizabeth. Mm. So it's tough. It's tough. But yeah, Gillian Anderson is Margaret Thatcher and I am there for it. So I was going to say Shit's Creek because obviously it's incredible. Oh, so good. But I think it was this year and only because it was so well made. Oh, I know what my answer now. So the thing that really got me is I saw When They See Us last year, so I can't add that. Yeah, I've seen it this year, so I can add that. You can't have all of them. You just have thousands of them. But I did watch another show. Well, it's the film by Ava DuVernay, which is 13. And it's about the 13th Amendment. Right. And this was like during the beginning of lockdown. This is when Black Lives Matter. So I wasn't too sure about whether I wanted to go to the protest or not. And I decided not to because of... um, I wasn't too sure where it stood in terms of risk for COVID-19 and stuff. And then we stayed in and I was like, okay, well, if not going to the protests, let's watch some things that relate to this and learn a bit more. Mm-hmm. Watch 13th. And I broke down like, I'm, like ridiculously. And it was just such a thought provoking, informative, really well made documentary. Mm-hmm. It will just stay with me for a long time. And I, I want to watch it again, but you have to be like, Ready, you know, in a way, I guess, as well. But I guess you can't truly be ready. Well, I've never watched it, so if you want to watch it again, I'll watch it for you. I'll be crying. I'll probably cry too. It's incredible. Um, but I'd say that's the thing that I've watched that is really, it's important. And re- what's diff- what's great about some of these shows, especially on Netflix and documentaries, is they're just, because it's hard to say entertaining, right? Obviously, you can't say that like when they see us, although it is, and thirteenth, mm. because they're really, really important stories. They're mm. truthful things that happened. They're grim. They're really well produced and made, like Brilliant. editing, music. Yep. Yep. You know, like they grip you, mm. right? Because you can tell these stories and not have necessarily the same impact, mm-hmm. but they are. Mm. Same with um, because we watch, we spoke about it in the podcast, and we talk about the Gabriel Hernandez thing. Mm. That was a good story, but it wasn't really well made. And then no, Don't yeah. Fuck With Cats probably isn't even as exciting a story, although it is really bad. I mean, it's not as it's not as big of a story for sure, but it was so well made. Ugh. You're like, you're, you're hooked. Yeah. But yeah, we, we talked about both of them, but yeah, the Aaron Fernandez, not Gabriel Fernandez. Gabriel Fernandez is... <gasps> I told you about that one, isn't it? The Kid. Oh... I started watching that one, but I... Switched. How did you switch? Because it was so grim. Bad, it's bad. Like, the first episode, you find out he's kept in the cage. And I'm like, no, I can't, I can't... I'll, do you know what? I forgot about that. I'll come back to that one, because I, I need something to... <laughs> it's tough. It's Arn, a tough watch. Arn Fernandez is the football player. For and me. then Gabriel Hernandez. Yeah. Is the, okay. Yeah. I kept on getting them switched out because Hernandez and Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... But yeah. Um, if you could travel anywhere freely after the pandemic, but within your resources, so don't have to be like, I'm going to go to the Bahamas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, where would you want to go? If I can travel anywhere. So basically you're asking where, where do I want to pay for my next holiday? Yes. Um, I genuinely think my next holiday will be somewhere in Europe because I think I need a holiday quite soon. And I might, I'm literally thinking about maybe going for a long weekend in Portugal because it's just come off the list. 
Oh, you want to go during the pandemic? I'll go in a week's time if I could. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. fair. Um, my next big holiday, and hopefully it will all be sorted, is to go to America. Where in America? There's so many places. Well, and I'm hopefully not talking about a place, but Mickey is hopefully going to be competing in Miami. You didn't go. I didn't go this year. Yeah. He went earlier this year, but hopefully again next year he'll be competing. Um, and I've said to him I will definitely go this year with him to compete. Um, we've we've a bit more of a trip planned around it uh, with regards to going to Tennessee, not Nashville, but somewhere else in Tennessee. You need to go to Nashville. I know, but Mickey doesn't drink, so it's... you don't need to drink to go to Nashville. I know. I mean, but listen, we have to go to Tennessee or Nashville. Um, we could go to Tennessee. We go over. I, I imagine like. Talia and Mickey would love it. What else is in Tennessee apart from Memphis and Nashville? Well, um, for crossfitters, there is a massive, one of the best crossfitters in the world, Rich Froning, lives there. Um, and all the, like, he has his own gym, so I think we want to go there and check out the gym. And I know. They're all the same. It's not, because Rich Froning is the best crossfitter in the world, apart from, well, my, my bro, Matt Frazier. But, um, yeah. And then I'd go down to Waterpalooza in Miami. <laughs> And then I'd also then, because I've been to both those states before, want to go to a different state. <laughs> so I'd probably look to go to either Texas or California. Have you been to Texas before? Never. Woo! That's why I'm saying I want to go to a state yes. I've never been to. Texas is so good. There's so many good places as well. Though. That has tons of good places. San Antonio, great. Austin, incredible. Yeah. Dallas, we didn't get to spend much time, but it's like a new version. It's a big city. Well, you know, I want some Cowboy D. Imagine getting with someone who showed up to a date with, like, boots and a hat. And a shirt buttoned down to the belly button. You remember how hot everyone was in Nashville? And they were, like, straight, to be fair. Yeah. But they would look like country bumpkins. And I was like, <sighs> baby. Bye-bye. Nashville is unreal. But men <sighs> were ridiculous. Like... I didn't pull anyone from Nashville. Because they, were, they weren't gay. All well, the hot ones are straight. Mm. Or straight appearing. And then mm. them bitch girls were there as well. Um, okay. where, where, where about you? The first thing I'm, I guess it's not go, but the first thing I want to do is go skiing. Ugh. We were supposed to go two days. No, a week, I would say, not two days. Oh, it's much more than that. Let's cheers this because this is going down too easily. I'm we, so upset we, we figured we, this out so late. <laughs> <laughs> How do you figure out that wine makes it better? For us, maybe. For us, yeah. Everybody else is like, stop slurring. Yeah. I wanna, I, I'd love to do like a podcast over a period of time that you could just like witness us getting more and more drunk. So say we edit out bits, but it was like over a four-hour sesh. Four hours is too long, but... Do you ever watch... It's You should watch them if you're not. No, I haven't. The comedians, when they get drunk and they ask some questions. They get drunk. It's called Drunk History. Oh, not that one. No. Oh, no, yeah, and they explain it drunk. And they, they explain history drunk, and like, mm. they'll burp. But so they explain it drunk, they do the voiceover, but then as they do the voiceover, there's, like, other comedians acting out. So, like, if they burp, then all of a sudden the actor will burp as well. And then yeah. they're like, what was I saying? It's so funny. Drunk That's history, yeah. Yeah, they are good. Yeah. You know, I didn't know when you said I was like, yeah, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, I have seen it. Because I saw Tiffany Haddish do one. She did one, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the thing I'm watching at the moment is, because... You know, like, we like hot food, and I like hot food. I love and hot food, yeah. it turns out that, and not that it's a competition, I don't mean it in that way, it sounds really bad, but I think I might be able to tolerate something that's slightly a bit hotter than you, maybe, 
Although you can have like really hot food, but out of the people that I know, yeah, I could probably tolerate the most heat. Yeah. And then Drew's always like, and my and Chris would always be like, you should go to one of those hot wing competitions. And I like, I know I could take a lot of hot food, but they frighten me. Mm. They scared the shit out of me. Did you get that M and S? No, not now, not this week. Curry. I feel like I need to get ready for all the shits. Um, I didn't have shits at all. I get shits from chilies. I I usually do. I had this M and S curry, which is called the hot one, and I have I. It's the first time I've not been able to finish food because it actually hurt to eat. I want to try it so bad. And I was like eating it thinking, I have such a bad day tomorrow because I'm going to have to go to the toilet so much. Mm. Surprisingly, I didn't have to go at all. Well, you didn't eat enough of it, that's fine. Well, I didn't finish it. I, just, I, did, I was crying. I can't believe it. M&S, you know. And Martin M&S. Spencer's curry. The hot one. So on YouTube, they have something... Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. I think it's called The Hot Ones. Mm. But um, this guy does an interview with people while... They eat hot sauce and they get progressively hotter on chicken wings. And it's so funny because the editing's good as well. But they start off quiet and they're like, oh, this is nice. Mm. And and the idea is that they carry on through it, you know, and then they're like dripping. They're like, okay, <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, a glass of milk ready to go. They have milk, they have water, but some people, especially men, mm. they're like, I'm not having any milk. I'm not having any water. You know, kind of thing. Um, whereas other people will be like, I need ice. I need milk. Um, it's so funny. So funny. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't told you about it. Cracks me up. Uh, and you still do them now, even in lockdown. They send the sources out. Oh, oh. Um, what was that point of the story? What's your question? Skiing. Skiing. <laughs> I don't know how we got there. Because <laughs> I think we poured a glass of wine and we got distracted. <laughs> Um, I like to go skiing because we're supposed to go skiing the week on the 21st of March, which was... Um, that was the week of lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. And it all got cancelled. And I love skiing. Um, so that's the first thing I'd really like to book mm. and go and do because I love, I love to ski. I've never skied. I don't think you'd be very good. I'd be awful. No, I think I'd be all right. No. No, I'd be awful. I would probably just want to build snowmen. And then have hot chocolate and marshmallows. But I want to, if I get into a relationship with somebody who wants to go skiing, I hope they want to go, I hope they're a skier because I want them to drag me. Because my, you know, in the past I've missed out in skiing trips and I thought it's not really for me. And I wish, like, I'm 35, I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, it's not for everyone. I kind of liken it to like, if you like theme parks and fast rides. How do you oh, like? God, no. I think people that don't like theme parks and roller coasters and rides won't really like skiing. And not that they're the same, but they are. I, when I go to theme parks, I'm scared of heights. And I always, you know, imagine some final destination scenario is going to happen. And I spend, you know, that 45 minutes you're queuing for the ride. I spend that bricking it. I don't look forward to it. I sit in the seat and I instantly regret sitting in that seat. The thing comes down over my neck strap me in I'm like is it too late now to stop and get off and then the next thing you know you're moving and you're like where's the emergency button and then the end of it with the exception of one ride I've ever been on the end of it I'm like that was phenomenal can we do it again what was the ride that you didn't like the one ride we didn't I hated it on was in I think it was Thorpe Park and you go all the way up and you you, you stay at the top of this thing and the, the, the only thing it does is drop, but you don't know when it's going to drop. The one that goes straight up and down. Straight up. Yeah, it's not a roller coaster, it's literally a pole and you sit in it and you go you up get to a few of those, yeah. And you just go up and you don't know when it's going to drop and it just drops. And I hated every minute of that. 
I find those quite dead. Like I'm like, meh. I hated it. Meh. See, like roller coasters, it's almost like how hot food. Like I'm sick. Like I'm good. I love any roller coaster, any ride. There's only one thing that scares scared me, right? So I went to Orlando last year with my nephew, my family, and stuff. Oh, it's a good trip. Yeah. And it was really, really good. And he's a little bit scared of some rides. And my mum and brother was there, right? My younger brother was there. Yeah, and they're like, he's like, he was ten at the time, and they're like, you need to do this, you need to do it. And he's like, I want to do it. And they were forcing him, being like, oh, you need to have fun. And I was like, he doesn't need to, you know, he doesn't need to do it. Mm. But there was a ride that he did. This is, we went to a water park, and water oh. parks are a bit different because I love water you're not parks. you're not strapped in them, innit? Yeah. Like it's your body. Yeah. And this was at like the top of the volcano in this. Um, so Disney World have a series of like water parks. One of them has this big volcano, and it's got this huge slide. Like, it feels like it's the shards. That's how, like, honestly. Oh, wow. And it's just your body, right? And you go into it, and it, and they put you in, like, a, a little capsule, and then it goes three, two, one, and the floor just goes. Mm. Boom. Right? And the water hurts you're going so fast. Hurts? The water hurts your body you're going so fast. I mean... I, I was shook. Like, I was, like, legit frightened. And my nephew went up there, and he didn't want to go. And the whole time up the stairs... The thing I hate about water rides is you've got to walk the whole you way, you know. You climb that bitch. Ah, good. You know, which is long. And then he didn't want to do it. My mum and my brother like, you need to go. He started wanting to do it. He dragged him all the way up there. He got to the top, and he just couldn't do it. He had to walk all the way down the oh, stairs. your brother did. My, or your nephew My nephew did. Because I wasn't going to walk down with him. Like, I'm going down the slide, bitch. Oh, bless him. Um, but... He got there, my young brother was there, and then he saw how high and scary it was because we were both frightened as hell. And he yeah. was like, okay, you don't need to do it. Finally, oh. when he got to the top. Oh, bless him. But he was so scared. Did it. That's the only thing that's frightened me properly. Whereas everything else, nothing frightens Did me. Did your mum do it? She doesn't do a ride. Oh. She doesn't do rides at all. The only thing she does is water flumes. You know, like log flumes. No. Um, you know, like you sit in a log, it goes down, it oh, slides. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing she does. But she loves it. She'd be like, okay, you go. I'm going to read my book. And she's fucking obsessed. She loves it. The lines in America are like an hour and a half long sometimes. She'll sit So there. she'll sit, she'll pay to get into a water park. To Not just, just a water park, any theme park, any park. And just read. Sit there and read. She could do it for free outside. <laughs> but she's got to look after the bags oh fair yeah okay you know, <laughs> she has a purpose yeah and I'm like trying to and you know I, you know, the older she gets the less likely she's probably going to do it to be mm. fair but she's like there's no way there's no way which is fair fair I was a bit better actually because I guess as like a younger kid I was like I've got to be on every ride but sometimes I was like so there's some that she does like now like the 3D ones where you do or 4D they call it Disney. yeah and she likes to do that and, I'm, and before as a you know teenager or young person I'm like I'm not waiting on any ride I'm going on every single one but I sat there for a good hour sometimes just sat there. I watched something on my phone and mm. um, watched the bags. I actually quite liked it. It was like, because we were on holiday in family, it was the only time I got by myself. Mm. So it's pretty chill. Oh. Um, but skiing will not work if you don't like. <laughs> right? Skiing. Because <laughs> when you're at the edge, oh my God, listen. When you go, you get off the, the chairlift. I'm already turn scared. The corner, I'm already scared. And then it looks like there's just sky. But then you get to the edge and you see it and it's steep and you're like, I can't do this. Mm. Why did I think I could do this? I can't do this. And then there's nowhere else to go. I'm, I'm scared. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll do it. And then can it's you, good. Can you not just stay on the seat and go all the way back down, are you? On some of them, but not all of them. Oh, some chairlifts you can go down, but some of them you can't. Oh, fuck. Sometimes, the only thing you can do no. is ski. <laughs> and that's mad, right? Yeah. There was, like, at least with the ride or whatever, like, you can kind of choose. Sometimes, there is nothing you can do but ski or walk. Um. Hmm. That's mad. 
Um, so I wrote, is there anything about, is there something, oh yeah, is there something that you felt you personally wanted to change about yourself? No, I'm perfect. I knew you'd say that. Next question. For me. That's not really my answer, I have to think. I think for me, the thing that I'm, I'd am like to change, which I'm, I'm kind of struggling with, is I didn't realise how rigid I was in terms of things in general and the way that I want things to be done. I never thought I was a control freak. And I don't know if I'm completely a control freak, but I'm very routine-based. One mm. of the things that have helped me through lockdown is I'm so routine-based that it's kind of keeping me in luck. Mm. But sometimes I need to change that routine. Like Ed come and stayed with me for a couple of weeks. And honestly, that was... We we did really well together. I could not adapt. Mm. I didn't know what to do to the point where he was like he was he would come up and you know it'd be in the morning and he got up early for work and I get up at my time. Then he came up and showed up with my coffee, mm-hmm. you know, without asking because I make my coffee in the morning and no one mm. else does. With the mug that I don't use because I use a specific mug in the morning. Do you use the air mug? No, so I have three mugs. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mug I use in the morning, which is a blue one. Right. That's my morning coffee. The M is for tea only. Oh. And then I've got a Guinness one that I use for instant coffee. Fair. Isn't that mad? No. Oh, good. No, no it's not mad. And I'll tell you why. When I went back in lockdown, one of the biggest grips of my whole family was I would use a different mug for different things. And I was like... That's so reasonable. I know. So I have a, I have a smaller mug that I use for the Nespresso coffee. Then I have a medium-sized mug that I use for uh, different coffee, um, where it's not like like an Americano or something like that. Then I have a tea mug. Yes! And I have a hot chocolate mug. Ooh, I never have chocolate. Hot chocolate mug. My hot chocolate mug is rounder, and it's a bit more cozy. You can grab it, hold it in your hand, because it's not that hot that, you know, it's also like, in winter, it's like, it heats you up. Yeah, my tea mug is just my standard classic mug. My coffee mug is my little. Uh, I don't know. I, and my brother was like, "Also, my fault. You use six different mugs a day for different drinks." But I also have a different mug because I also drink lemon and water, and I have a different mug for that as well. Which yeah, I know you're supporting me, but it would. We had to have a conversation. I had to have a conversation with Ed about how I felt about the fact that he was making me coffee in the morning, which is very sweet, and using the wrong mug. Mm. To me, I'm like, God. Uh, you sound like a freak. In it? Yeah. But I would I would get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it just fucked up my routine. And then I didn't know what to do for the week because I, I needed this routine, right? Yeah. And I, I went to the gym at this time. I did my Duolingo at this time. I had my wash at this time. And it just got completely thrown at flux when, you know, he came and stayed with me. And I couldn't adapt. Like, I just could not change on the fly quick enough to the point where it caused me... Anguish is a stretch, but it caused me aggravation. Mm. Um, and that's me. Like, it's not, I, I, and I attribute that to myself. And I wish I was able to be a bit more adaptable. And because I always thought I was, but it turns out some things I'm just not. And maybe I'm a control freak. He keeps complaining about, not complaining, that's a stretch. Shh, shh, not complaining. But I'm like, he's like, can I cook you a meal? And I was like, no, because I've got this meal this time, this meal this time, this one I'm eating today. But it's different. At the minute you're on a set plan, and that's, I mean, as sweet as he wants to cook food, it's also sweeter. You're not going to help. <laughs> it's sweeter to let you reach your goal and fulfill this plan <laughs> that you're trying to do. 
I appreciate that you're supporting me, but there's certain I'd like to change it because I think there's a certain element where you, I need to be a bit more accommodating or a bit adaptable in certain situations. Considering other people, um, and I would say the reason why you support me is you're not the most, much like me, accommodating of people when it comes to relationships. And what's the word? Um, compromise, compromising person. Like you don't compromise yourself in many situations. I don't. This is a very good yeah. point. Um, and I'm saying I'm the same as well. Which I didn't think so, because in my head... Isn't it strange we get on so well? Neither of us compromise. Maybe we just flow the same way anyway. I think we've got very similar... Um, like I want to say ideals. We don't need to compromise because we already see the same thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In some ways. Some ways we don't. Like, you know, we'll talk about... There's some areas that we don't, and I, I need to learn to deal with conflicts a lot better. And just in general. Do you think people find us intimidating as a duo? No. I think I was thinking this the other day. I was thinking about it the other day. I tell you what it was, it was after we went to play darts. And I think as a duo, because we get it because I think we know each other so well. I don't know, I just I was thinking, I wonder if because I was in that there's people there who probably have never spent that much time with us together as the two of us. Is it like shocking or is it like, is it like, I don't know. I just thought that. We need to ask them, I guess. No. I wouldn't think so because I don't think. It's so difficult for me as a person because I don't want to be intimidating, but I do like to stand out. And in that respect, like I don't know if I notice whether we do or don't. So I I wouldn't be aware because we know so much about each other. It's almost like a relationship, you know, and you're like, oh, Ashley won't like that kind of thing, you know? And, you know, we'd be laughing like some sort of inside joke. I don't know if intimidating is the word. Um, I don't know. I don't think so, but it it might be worth asking because we're inside it and I'm inside it. I'm not very good at looking outside in that respect. And I don't care. So what would you like to learn <laughs> about yourself? <laughs> um, I have at least five answers. You tell me because I have no idea. Actually. Yeah, I mean... Well, I'm, no, because there's one thing that says... I'm tipsy. If there's one thing you'd like to tell your podmate, a piece of advice, what would it be? Okay, start. Go for it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think that um, I feel like you can accept criticism more easily um, without being as defensive as you are. Or you think I should be able to? I think you should be able to. I think you have the ability to. I think it can happen. I Mm. feel like you might put up a a blocker to it quite quickly without actually considering it. Because like your natural reflex is to just push back on any judgment or criticism towards you. I would agree, but also disagree. Shock horror. Standardly. Shock horror. So, um, and I'll say, before you say that, yeah. and my answer to that is, and the only reason why I can talk so high on my high horse is, I feel like I'm the opposite. I take things in as much as possible to the point where I give myself a hard time or I'm overly critical yeah. and had done a lot before. So when people have said that to me, and what I've learned is, even if you disagree, and this is where, it, you know, you have to sense yourself a little bit. Mm. It's worthwhile just saying, okay, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then leave it there. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you the ability to not respond reactively, but actually consider it, even if you do after the event. Yeah. I would say, as we've said on another podcast, you don't like to argue. 
so if somebody gives you criticism, your natural instinct is not to defend yourself. You'll, you know, I, on the other hand, <laughs> I will fight it out. And I can take criticism from the best of people as long as it's logical and structured. But I'll say that that's not always the right thing because what you deem as logical or structured may not be... It's what you think. Exactly. So I will take criticism that I think is logical and structured. And I think that's a mistake. Well, um, don't criticise me. Um, no, but what I mean from that is if somebody's going to give me criticism, they have to come from a place where it's logical for them to give me criticism. And by that, I mean, if you're going to criticize me, be better than me at it. Well, that's impossible. That's no, not fair. It's not, no, it's no. not impossible. For example, if some, if I was in the gym and I was doing something wrong and somebody came up and said, hey, you know you're doing that wrong? Do it this way. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, you have more experience than me. Then I can, I can take that on board. I, what I can't do is take criticism from somebody. And the reason why, and I might be 100% wrong, the reason why I can't take criticism from somebody where they either, I don't know that they have more experience than me and they definitely don't project that they have more experience than me. What they're doing is criticizing for criticism's sake. It comes across as trying to bring me down. And what I don't have time for is people who want to, and people out there do it, just want to bring other people down just for the sake of it. I get that. And I think it's actually worth considering like, the words that you're saying now because you'll be like, oh, they're trying to pull me down. And I think that people that are quite defensive when it comes to criticism believe that people are saying it just to pull them down. But then it might be worth thinking, actually, what about if they weren't doing it to, to, to drag them down? but actually because they genuinely wanted to share their opinion. Now, their opinions may not come from places of like absolute fact or expertise, but it might come from a place that's different to your perspective. And as people in general, the more we can understand about how other people operate, we can learn more about how we can include others within the way that we are and accept others for what they, you know, how they behave. Mm. So it might not be expertise um, necessarily, but it's another point of view. And the more point of views that we can have as a person, the more we can consider. Now, one thing I used to do is accept this other person's criticism based on the point of view as if it was the Bible. But you don't need to do that as a person. You just need to consider that there's the potential that what someone is saying is different to how I believe. And I'm, you're smiling. It makes sense what I'm saying, right? Oh, 100%. Um, and I would just consider the words that you're saying when you're like, someone's trying to bring me down. Someone was literally trying to bring me down the other day. And even, I was like, you know what, it's really worth thinking about. And then um, one of my friends was like, you need to tell them about themselves. And I was like, but they might be true. You know, like, and there's like, obviously like mm. different extremes. How, but I would just say. And this comes back to the earlier point where you are a lot more grounded than I am. But it's kind of funny because I think you're basically displaying what I'm saying, which is like, do you know what, I'll, I'll think about that. It's, it's kind of like, the appropriate response when you want to say something in reaction. Because not everything's a fight. And this is what I'm talking about my mum all the time. Not everything is a fight. Mm. You don't need to defend everything. The reason why I don't like to defend myself is because I know within myself that I'm good. Fair. I can get I'm that. I'm not going to tell you what I need. I'm not going to try and convince you. 
But that's also a negative because sometimes I'm like, I'm not going to convince you how good I'm at my job. And they're like, but you need to show me how good you are at your job. Mm. And I'm like, I'm going to convince you. Just believe the words I'm saying, you know? Yeah. Shit. Mm. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd like to give me? Because I, obviously I just told you. I don't know, Matt. Stop it. No, I genuinely don't. And I mean this. I think if we were talking five, six years ago, I definitely would have a lot of advice. She grown. You have you've changed a lot, and I'll talk about it because I mean you might disagree or agree. When I first met Matt, Matt thought he was something else. I still do, <laughs> but not always. Yeah, not and always. I mean to the point where we were out. And I think it was at Pride, and this nah! and this there's picture evidence which hurts me. There is picture evidence, and <laughs> there's this um uh you're drinking a lot faster than me. Sorry, talking a lot. That's fine. We were at Pride, and I remember it so clearly. We had gone for a Nando's, and do you yes. remember it? Yeah. I'm surprised, because you were at some mash. Smash? Didn't, wait, weren't they going to check me out? They Nando's, were going to you know, chuck you out of Nando's. They came over and told us to be quiet. And the reason why they told us to be quiet is because we were there eating, and Matt commanded me to get him a drink. Commanded. And I just looked at him, and this is fairly early in our friendship, I think. You're going to say relationship. Was I? I don't know. You lit me that. I'm just drunk. Um, and I was like, I was like, excuse you, me? Who do you think you're speaking to? I'm not going to get you a drink. And he's like, go get me a drink. And then I was like, get your own fucking drink. And I remember the words you said, and I don't know if you, this might make you cringe or not, but you're like, nobody ever speaks to me like that. And I'll just say, and I remember that specifically because at the time I was like, normally I could get away with being like that person. Yeah. And and people jump around you. Well, and it wasn't, and in my head it might be because people respect me, but it was more like, you know, it's like easy just to do it rather than, you know, because I would just be getting loud and like aggressive and, uh, you know, I make a big deal because I've almost got like no shame. Mm. And no one ever called me out on it or ever, you know, I just behave how I wanted to behave. I'd be loud enough and abrasive enough that people would just do what I say. Mm. Not me. Not not that time. I remember it. Even yeah. though I was that drunk. I'm surprised. That's, no, I, honestly, I remember the whole, not word for word, mm. but I remember the feelings about it. I remember that. I remember saying, no one ever speaks to me the way that you just did. Oh, really? I don't know you remember that. Yeah, 100%. I learned a lesson that day. That's why I was in your arms in that picture. Being like, I'm sorry. I'll never apologise. Well, that was funny because then later on, I don't know what you did later on. I think maybe we were just arguing about the whole thing. And That's pi- where the argument was. That's where that conversation happened. Outside, wasn't it? Anyway. Oh, yeah, maybe. But we were, there's a picture then of you and I arguing in the street of Pride. We're both pretty twatted. Like, I was drunk as well. And then I just, would, I was like, how dare you? I'm not going to, like, at that point, I think we were friends. Obviously, we were friends because we were going for food together. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to be this person that you can speak to like everyone else. I'm, I don't know who you think I am, but. Um, and I, there's a picture of us arguing and there's a second picture of us two minutes later where you just give me a hug and I was like, it's okay, Matt. We've all learned lessons. It's fine. There's a whole story in those pictures. Yeah. Like, they're there. It's, it's, yeah. I learned a lesson that day because I, it was one of the first times where I couldn't just get away with what I wanted to just by being funny, loud, aggressive, abrasive, whatever it might be. Mm. I'm saying negative words, but I think some people follow me because of not just those negative things, but. You know, like someone who might be a little bit more like leadership wise or, you know, compelling in some way. People do follow those sort of things. And I genuinely felt like at the time, 
I could probably get away with anything, you know? Mm. Um, it's funny because we talk about our, like, when we first met, we, I remember our first time, I remember one of the first times we spoke, I think I added you on Facebook. On the train. We chatted on the train, yeah, and then I think I added you on Facebook not long after that. And I was so scared to add you because I just thought you were one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Um, and you intimidated me. I have to say you intimidated me. And I remember the time I put a joke on and maybe it's maybe not peace. Do you remember the joke? I don't remember the joke, but I remember you telling me the story about the joke and you were like so validated. And I <laughs> it was I think I put on um <laughs> at the time Temple Run was a big game on the phone on the ah! phones. And I think I put on my Facebook. When I play Temple Run, I always pick the black character because I feel they run faster. And yeah, we can't get away with that now. We can't do that now, but I just said it. No, no, yeah, yeah. And sure. then you liked it. And then it's you liked it. It's now. And then you were like, oh, wow. And I was like, oh, did you find it funny? Oh, my God. <laughs> and what's mad is because, like, so obviously, like, you get, like, friends of friends and stuff. And mm. Ashley's really photogenic. You are really photogenic. Um, and and it'll come on to our next question. We'll bank you the next few. Just yeah. to do it. Um, but I was like obsessive Ashley because I saw many pictures and I'd never seen you in person. I was like, oh, who is this person? And honestly, I used to check your picture every couple of days or something. I'd be like, oh, oh really? my God. Yeah, there's one particular that where you're like looking up into the sun and you're wearing like this blue jacket or something. And I was like, God, this guy's so beautiful. Then you come to the game in Billericay, not Billericay, somewhere. Mm. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to play it cool. Fuck it. He's here. I'm not going to get involved in this shit, you know. And that's then, the one on the screen where we spoke. Yeah, yeah. But that coincided with so I think um, under pressure and in big groups is when I'm probably the most funny mm. I think I can be really good to put on a show in front of everyone mm-hmm. and I think not necessarily just to impress you or whatever but there are a lot of people on the train mm-hmm. and once someone laughs at one joke I say I'm like oh my god how many more jokes can I get in yeah. they tend to land a lot obviously mm. there's like some misses or whatever yeah but do you, you know what I mean spot them because we're also laughing so. so yeah exactly so like I'm just like bang 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 and then yeah so I was like oh my god he loves me I'm going to get married to Ashley McAllister <laughs> and then you like you were still Ben at the time and I was like yeah. oh no yeah um, no but I remember that it's so weird because I really liked you beforehand and I was like oh god he's so fit I can't believe it oh um, so one of our listeners has said um, that's quite a good question it is a really good question actually so Jack Youngun who listens a lot and he said is one of our biggest fans um, he said if Ash had fancied Matt back how long Oh, if oh, if Ash had mar- fancied Matt back, how long do you think the relationship would have lasted? So I've said it before on the podcast, like, and as I'm saying now, like, mm. you know, I was like, oh my god, I really like Ashley. He's gonna be really fit. Blah, blah. How long do you think it lasted? I, I don't know. It's a hard question to answer because I would say at the time, and obviously the personality that we've just spoken about, where I brought you down a peg or two at Pride. I'd say our relationship would have lasted probably three seconds. All of one date? Yeah. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have got through the whole date. I wouldn't have been that person on the date, but I think that we would have clashed. Yeah. Yeah. But then I... Yeah. Yeah. Because even then, I imagine... I don't know for sure. But even then, I imagine on a date... You know those dates with people where they'd be like... They think they know this shit. And you're like, why don't you listen to what I'm saying instead of just keep talking about yourself? Mm. I feel like I could have been that person that would have been like, blah, 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 blah. Oh my God, I'm the shit, I'm the bitch. You know, like, whatever. Yeah, um, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. I don't, yeah, our relationship would not last long. Not at all. And I probably would have then hated you. Because I'd be like, 
What an absolute dickhead. I mean, you can't all... you can't hold that pride night how it would have been in a relationship. Like I was hammered and. Oh no! Know. Of course not! No! 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 Um, yeah. No. But you still you did still always think you were the bee's knees, whether you're drunk or not. I would have struggled because you would have called me out on certain things. And yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck? Is he? I would have been in the same way that you kind of described now, where I'd be like, why is he just dragging me down? Like, mm. why didn't he just let me be? You know, mm. kind of thing. And then you would have like found things that I would have been doing difficult, rightly or wrongly, mm. and then you would have called me out on them. And then it just wouldn't have. You no. Know. We would have. We would have hit each other after that. I'm pretty sure. Um, I say no. I could never be in a relationship with you. Really? 100%. I think we'd be in a good one. I think we'd be a very good couple. Abs. Tell me why. I don't know, because we get, we know each other. We know each other so well. I know you. That's why I know we will not work. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No, we would not be be in a relationship. Why? Tell me why. You are very difficult to manage. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. No, serious answers only, please. What was difficult about me? Oh my god! Like I said, that person thinks I am the most laid-back, easygoing person there and is. And this person don't know you, bitch! But tell me why I'm difficult. I don't know why you are, you just don't know. How you are difficult is... Um, <laughs> you just... Much like me, you just need to have things done in a certain way. And also, your stance on things are just very... Actually, very different to mine. Politically? Just kind of like value wise, like well, the fair, way you think about fair. certain things, and because it's a good thing that you like to argue, but it's also not because you seek out confrontation because you think that everything is a battle. I mean, I don't argue all the time. You argue in comfortable situations. So if we were comfortable in a relationship, you would argue with me often, and I'm like, I don't want to argue. I would no. I think that's spreading a very bad perception of what I'm like in a relationship then all I can say is, is this is we've never been in a relationship no this is my belief that's why we couldn't be in a relationship because Fair. there'll be a lot of arguments I think what I am very good at is compromising okay <laughs> <laughs> we need a mirror I've got several mirrors in this right. room no but listen I mean compromising in the sense of it works both ways I think one thing I'm very good at is giving other people their own space, which is important. What I like back in return is my own space, which I think a lot of people struggle with. You're compromising on your terms. And compromise doesn't mean you're going to get... It's not a barter situation where you both get what you want. There are some situations where you need to succumb to the other person's needs. Which is one of the things I want to change about myself because I'm not adaptable because I can't give up fully my own interests. I'm not going to give up my interests. You're not going to give up your interests. There is no compromise. You mean interest in like what? Whatever the situation may be. You want to go to this restaurant. I want to go to this restaurant. Or I don't want to go out. I, I, I can't think of a situation because we've not been in it. I think with me in a relationship... One thing, I'm, I, I, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard because you've not seen me in a relationship in a long, long time. I'm not trying to say no, 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 that you'll not, be bad in a relationship. No, I know. But I'm just saying, is I think you underestimate how much I compromise in a relationship. Because when I was in a relationship with Ben, it was five years of constant compromisation. Like we, every day we had to compromise. Whether it be he wanted to go for a drink, 
I'm like, I don't want to go for a drink. It's a school night. I want to go for a coffee. Or, you know, a constant compromisation. What is the compromise then? Compromisation is not a word, I think. That's not a word, but no. it is when I'm drunk. Yeah. Um, well, the compromise was I never really got what I wanted to do. Did you go for a drink? We always end up going for a drink. And then I guess it's always, because relationships are really hard, because I was even talking to, so it's quite interesting, because like, um, I went to Adam's for dinner yesterday, and he, he understands me, because we've known each other such a long time, mm. and he's like, I know that like, it's really hard for you to compromise, because you might, comp- me, I might compromise, but I'll be resentful about it. And you know those people that be like, but it's like my mum, she'd be like, I'll do it for you, but I'm going to complain about it. And it's like, well, I don't want that then. And that's the mm. kind of first time I'll compromise. Um, but I haven't found a level. Well, I'm starting to find. Uh, not I haven't, but I'm starting to not resent it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So you think it'd be a good relationship now? Then is what you're saying? I think I'm, you and I. Yeah. I mean, don't get carried away with this comment. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so what <are> you saying? <laughs> don't don't bear. You don't look the same you did eight years ago, bitch. <laughs> You know what we'd do? What? We would look so good in pictures. Oh my god, we would be Imagine. Do you know what? It would be amazing. We'd have like 57,000 followers on Instagram. If we were one of those couples, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Just faces though. <laughs> Nobody's. <laughs> Nobody's. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's next, next question. Alright, so we'll go for this. Only because I want to bring it up because this bitch is a joke. So, John0388G. This is John Gordon. Oh, that bitch. 0388. Honestly, know. we give him on our podcast. Once he and, said, <laughs> and he thinks he can just throw these. What's this question? Why is Matt Ali so jealous and envious of John Gordon's full and healthy hairline? What hairline? I have no idea. I we were with John Gordon last Friday, and that bitch's hairline was still outside when he was sat beside me. Oh my god, it was, was really good. Did you think about that joke? No, I just came <laughs> off the top. But do you know what I mean? It was out the emergency exit. Listen, everyone says I've got a big forehead. That bitch has got a massive forehead too, but she got a loaf on top that's just resting there. Mm. These like uncurled curls. Mm. You know, either brush it or don't, but don't look a middle ground where it's... No, okay. these curls are so try hard. And do you know what? You need to put some product in it just to let it work. But now he's like, I'm going to leave it dry. He's like, I want dry skin. I want dry hair. And I'm like, why do you want dry hair and dry skin? Because it matches his personality. <sighs> Shit. Exactly. Mm. So, there you go, Jordan. John. <laughs> oh, I love John. It was right. nice seeing him last week, to be fair. I see him all the time. He chats to me all the time. Sometimes I'm like, just leave me alone. Good. Leave me alone, bitch. Well, I'm glad he messaged you, not me, because I would not feel that shit. Okay. What are you most looking forward to for the rest of the year? I mean, a break from the podcast. Well, I mean, you're not, because you want us to start in like three weeks' time. No, I want to start in two months' time. So we had, a, we had a conversation, it came over this week or last There was week. no compromisation. There was a lot of, well, no, there wasn't compromisation. Well, you're like, let's start in 2021. And I'm like, mm, that's a long time away. You just said you allow people to have space. You have two months of space. And I'm pretty sure I'll see you every week anyway, because we're playing games. Um, and we have to start planning, which starts next week. Maybe the week after. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, what am I looking forward to? Um, one thing I'm looking forward to this year is I'm going to get my very first tattoo. <gasps> when? I'm, I'm already in conversations with tattoo artists. I really want to get a tattoo. You, you want to get our podcast logo as a tattoo. I do. 
I might. I love the podcast logo. The peas. The peas are cool. I really like it. Uh, well, I messaged a podcast artist literally just yesterday, and he messaged me back today, but then he's not messaging Podcast me. artist. Or tattoo artist. <laughs> Shit, this wine. Um, so I'm very excited about getting my first tattoo. I'm also very excited. Where and what and why? I'm going to get a... Well, there's two tattoos I have in my head. I want a saying, and I want it to go around my wrist here. Um, and then I'm going to get little symbols that mean something to me as part of the saying. And then another tattoo I really like is Ogum, uh, which is a... 100% you need to get it. Yeah, which is a very... It's an it's a Irish language sort of symbol thing. Um, and we talked about this before, and like you're like, get your name. And I'm like, I don't want to get my own name tattooed on me. But it's not like it, it doesn't say Ashley. It would it's all like stripes and things, and it does look very good. Your name say. specifically, when we tattoo, I tattoo my name doesn't look nice. No, your name looks aesthetically pleasing. It it looks in the style. But someone said this, not just you. That like getting your name is really like self indulgent, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's my worry that it comes across self indulgent. Have you tried like your mum's name or something and see what it looks like? I don't want my mum's name tattooed on me. My very my brother's very first tattoo was his whole entire forearm. That said my mum's name, Mala. My mum's name. That's what he had written, didn't he? My He had Mala. My num- my mum's real name is Mala. Uh, it's yeah. a, an Indian name. Well her full name is Mohi Mala. Oh. Um but he got Mala because that's what family call it. Across his entire forearm. Five letters across a whole forearm is like big letters. It's massive, yeah. Yeah. First tattoo. I love my mum, but I don't want her name tattooed in my body. Because I'm I'm just thinking like I might type in Mala in Ogum too. I see. I love my mum now, but I'm very hyped. I'm like, but I'm then gonna... Ogum is different. Like you never, I would just never have Fiona <laughs> tattooed on my arm. Fiona, Fiona. How do you spell it? F I O N A Fiona. Oh, if we said F E Y O N A Fiona, Fiona. Yeah, Fiona. I'd never have Fiona tap like typed on my hand. Fifi. She goes by Fifi. F I F I. But no, not even that. Um, but Ogum is different because Ogum, it's not. T- it's, it's it's like having Chinese symbols, but not as trashy. That's ex- I really think you should get your name. I mean, I might, it I, looks really nice. I, I might get it, but I don't know where I'm going to have that tattoo. Maybe not so large then, just because at least you can be like, oh, that's just my name there. Okay. Yeah. But I also seen somebody had a tattoo the other day on the back here. See where I'm pointing? Well, no one can see that. Well, do you see where I'm pointing? The back of your like arm. It's like above my elbow. But your tricep underneath your tri- main tricep muscle. Where well, my tricep would be if I had more, more definition. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought it looked really good. They had That's why I wanted a tattoo just there. They had a though. swan. But it was all like done in, it's like a single line swan. So it was very artistic. And it was that person who I contacted who did that tattoo because it looked really cool that I might want to get to do my tattoo. I think she won this year. What are, you, what are you looking forward to the most? I guess I'm being optimistic, so touch words. But I'm quite looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to, hopefully, having a new job in a new environment. Because I've been in my workplace for 10 years, basically. It's quite scary. I think I was institutionalised in some way. You know when you get used to it? Yeah. I really look forward to working in a new environment, really testing up my skills, and I know that's not the most exciting thing, but I, I, I think there's I think there's already been a lot of good things in my life, relationship with my family, starting my course and stuff, um, relationships in general actually. Um, therapy's still going well, but I, I would I would love to and it might not happen, obviously, but I'd love to be in an environment that I feel really comfortable in 
that I might thrive in, mm. you know, in a workplace. Um, because I was always considered myself a good worker, um, a good but challenging employee. So that's the thing I'm looking forward to is actually, you know, my redundancy is forcing me to look for another job, which I don't think I would have been brave enough to do on my own. Mm. So well, I think we all know you wanted to. And we all agree time. you should do. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm excited to see you take on this next chapter of your life as well. Well, the two integrators I spoke about is my brother, but the other one is work. I, and as as confident as like self-assured and bitch I can be, I've got some real hang-ups with like my ability as an employee, even mm. though I think I've got many skills as a person mm. um, and things like that. So I'm really excited to be in a new environment, try something else out. Yeah. I'm not planning any holidays. I'm not going to holiday this side of the year, so like uh, abroad or anything. So I don't want to look forward to that. Yeah, fair. Um, I'm looking forward to our long, long break from the podcast. We haven't decided how long yet, but I'm in my head, I'm saying two months. So we're coming back the first... Let's not put any dates on it. Let's, we're coming back first week of November. This is, this is not yet confirmed, but first week of November, um, that's what I want in my head. Let's see how well Matt compromises with me. Because Matt wanted next year. I think January is a great I think it's time. too long away. No. People can catch up on our previous episodes, really start to understand us, find their thing, and then we can just come in New Year, new bang, fresh tattoos. <laughs> um, it's all up for negotiation. Would you be so good in a relationship? <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely drink a lot more wine. Yeah. Right, any more questions we're going to bang out? No, that's it. Is that all the questions? It's not all the questions, but we've got... Well, fair enough. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite a long podcast. Though. And I'm quite tipsy. I need rambles. to eat. I need to eat dinner. Um, well, that's it. This is the end of season three. Well, there's something else we need to mention. Well, we need to talk about a few more things before we sign off. A few more things? Well, I mean, I just... There's a few things. Like, I want to give a very special shout out to Brian who signed up to be a Patreon the very last week we're doing it this season. But I appreciate, he messaged me this week to say that he couldn't find a couple of episodes. And I was like... Couldn't find a couple of episodes? Yeah, his mistake. Um, he hadn't, I don't know what was wrong, but he just said, oh, what's wrong with Apple? Because I can't find some podcast. And then I looked on, and as I was looking, and I seen it was fine, he messaged to say, I say, ignore me, I messed up. So, but yes, the very, and he signed up to be a Patreon... Um, this year, I think we started doing Patreons back in January when we started. January is when we started this season. Doesn't it feel, just feel like... Oh, no, it isn't. It, no. We recorded in January for February start. Yeah. February. How was that? 30 episodes? 30 weeks? 30, well, yeah. 30 less because we... Did we miss a week? We don't think we missed. It just, I just think it feels so long. We actually got two episodes out of one. Um, Shit. I know. But we started doing Patreon this year and we've had so many people sign up and it's so amazing. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for our Patreons this year. I am because I think, like we said, we'll look into using that money now for the next season in terms of any equipment that we want to do. I think equipment is something that is really important. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, but it's nice. It's now built up to something that we can actually use. Yeah. Um, um, and we look for more because one thing that we... I hope for us, 
I still think I'd like to grow as a podcast is our reach needs to, you know, reach more people and get further out and stuff and actually yeah. you know, gain in terms of like listenership and, fo- and like the following. So um, not just like equipment, but advertising, actually posting as much as we can. Is yeah. Yeah. Super, super important. So you're using the money to grab, uh, to buy good equipment, also to then like promote posts and stuff online is really cool and it's all all so down to the patrons that we had and have um so a massive thank you i think you've made this season easily one of the best um and then also on top of that we have so many people who engage and message us and write reviews i mean it's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal uh, do you know this is the first season had guests we've had guests this year so thank you to all the guests that have been on Jordan set the tone. Jordan's, I mean, I we initially really wanted Jordan on this episode as well, but that bitch flaked. Um, no, we flaked. <laughs> that bitch flaked. Um, but no, Jordan obviously set a, such a high standard at the start with regards to, and we were chatting about it last week. Jordan came up last week, we went for drinks. He was chatting about it because I just looked at you and you were ready for crying. I was like, Jordan, I was ready to cry throughout that whole episode. Um, yeah, and then obviously we've had so many other people on since then. Um... So, do you remember them all? Yeah, I mean, you list them. You, you're so good at oh, them. Well, Rash, we had Rash. We had Rash. Please. Yeah. Farmer Ben. Farmer Ben. God, I'm going to listen now. Imagine if we got someone. I know. Then we had Craig. We had Craig, yeah. John Gordon, that little bitch. That bitch. I think that's it. We had Dr. Doug. Dr. Doug. <gasps> Fuck. That was a really good, important episode, actually, because that was the beginning of like lockdown. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any more. Mike. Mike. Um... Mickey came on. Oh, shit. He's going to kill me. <laughs> I mean, Mickey came on. He's Mickey goes without saying because he's, he's like the third He's just, he just accepted. I just, I'm yeah. gonna, I promise you, I'm not going to go and just... Well, he's, you know, he's straight so forgettable. That's what we'll say. He was quite funny because I really like the fact that we could just take the piss out. No, I think that's it. You could take the piss out of me, yeah. Um, no, that's, that's definitely it. Dr. Doug, Mickey, Farmer Ben, Farmer Ben, Rash. Rash. Yonkai. Shit, we've had so many guests on we've this had season. So many guests, and your guy was a good episode. It lasted two episodes. It was that good. We've had so many good guests. We've had really, we're very blessed. Um, yeah. And no, you had too much to drink. <laughs> I'm so drunk. We'll grab a meal. I'm so hungry. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this rambly episode. It is a rambly episode. Um, but we're drunk, and I think definitely. When we go into season four, what we'll be doing is drinking more wine. I think I like the wine episodes. I think I like the wine episodes. Uh, Drinking more wine, getting more engagement, producing more content, and really polishing off this podcast. Like I'll polish off a Nando's. Actually, I look forward to seeing you in two months. I look forward to seeing you next week, babe. I don't know what you're saying, like you're you're putting our friendship on hold. I mean, okay, so first of all, what I will accept is that you said we'll start recording again in two months, which is a very good compromisation. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. We're going to go. Bye-bye. Bye.